I'm Kelly Kleiman. And I'm Jonathan Abarbanel. And we're the Dueling Critics. Welcome to our weekly podcast of reviews and news about Chicago theater. Today we're talking about The Killing of Michael X, written by Corey Hinkle, a world premiere presented by Jackalope Theater Company within the unlikely confines of the Broadway Armory and running through April 13th. Kelly, my take is that The Killing of Michael X is about grief, and how one adolescent girl expresses that grief both in real life and in her imagination. Her name is Celia Wallace, and her older brother, an Iraq war vet, has become addicted to pills and dies of an apparent overdose. Celia is a film buff, and her response to her brother's death is to concoct a movie about how she takes revenge by murdering the CEO of a pharmaceutical company. She incorporates into the film her parents, her sometimes boyfriend, a resurrection plot, and a hard-boiled detective. Well, that's all very well as an initial roundup of what's going on in this play, but I think one of the important things that you omitted is that the subtitle of The Killing of Michael X is a new film by Celia Wallace, and indeed, we as the audience are in the middle of the film that she is trying to create, which will document her Bonnie and Clyde efforts to knock off the head of this pharmaceutical company. I think otherwise, though, that you're right. This is a piece about all the ways we try to avoid the unavoidable in the form of the death of somebody that we love. Celia is just determined that this is going to be Bonnie and Clyde, or it's going to be Breathless, or it's going to be any number of other really, really well-known movies. And she throws all of those things into the mix, both of her own movie and of her interaction with her parents. My difficulty with the play is that it's a little schematic. Aha, we're going to play with the difference between life and movies. And so some of the dialogue will be lifted whole cloth from movies. And some of it will just sound artificial because it's supposed to be taking place in a movie. And for me, the difficulty is all of this distances me from the characters in the play itself. The Killing of Michael X actually incorporates extensive video or filmic elements integrated with the live actors. This makes it an extremely ambitious project for a small off-loop theater company like Jackalope. They pull off the video integration with the live action. They pull that off best of perhaps anything they do in what I consider to be a problematic play. It's a stylistic mashup where there's a little bit of of noir film, a little hard-boiled detective, a little road movie, a teenage angst movie, even a little bit of a resurrection mad scientist horror in the mix. I wasn't certain whether the playwright, Corey Hinkle, really had all the stylistic elements under control, whether it was intentional or accidental. I didn't have any doubt that the mishmash was intentional. I just think that it's so schematic that it keeps you away from the genuine emotions. It made me think of Christopher Durang's work, although it's not as far from reality as Durang's work, in taking elements that don't go together and slapping them together for the purpose of creating ironic distance. You're absolutely right, though, that the film elements of The Killing of Michael X, a film 
filmed by Celia Wallace, are very strong. Alex Hand, who created the film, does a great job of combining scenes from Celia's real life with her parents and her boyfriend, and ones from her imaginary life as the avenging angel. All of that works extremely well. In fact, I think the production, directed by Kaiser Ahmed, is extremely good. It's the play I have problems with. <laughs> there is a five-person cast. Three of them play multiple roles, and they play them well. They play the parents and the media people and the hard-boiled detective. The boyfriend is played by Andrew Goten, and Celia herself, the principal role, is played by Joanne Dubach, and I really was impressed with her energy. And boy, does this young lady have a set of lungs. You mean somebody as deaf as you could hear what she was saying? That's right, Kelly. Somebody as deaf as me could hear what she was saying. And particularly in this space, which is not an acoustically charming space, it is solid brick walls, which really make the sound bounce off the walls. Well, this is a very capable actor. She just played Laura in the Mary Archie production of The Glass Menagerie. And certainly she holds the ensemble together here. I wanted to see more of what she obviously has to offer, which is deep, heartfelt emotion. Only at the very end of the play do we get to see Celia experiencing the death and loss of her brother. Joanne Dubach does that without a word. Well, Kelly, you know, serious and heartfelt emotion are not in the words of the script. This is not a a realistic play in terms of psychological realism and emotional depth. Could a different directorial approach have made many of the scenes more realistic, more emotionally grounded? Or is the problem with the script itself? It clearly appealed to Jackalope, to the director, to the company, because it has to do with the important issue of coming to terms with losing somebody. That's a serious enough issue that even an ironic approach, as the playwright has used, requires a certain level of genuineness. And that's what I think is lacking here. I don't think it's lacking in the production. I think the playwright got occupied with his technique and forgot other important aspects of playwriting. I also think the playwright probably could have carved two or possibly three different plays out of this material. Very late in the play, for example, one of the fantasy elements of the film that Celia is imagining is a mad doctor of sorts who can resurrect people from a significant body part. He proposes to resurrect the dead brother by taking Celia's leg and I thought this could have been a play all by itself. And the mad scientist promotes his scheme with the line, your loved one can have a second chance at a life they may have grown tired of the first time around. Talk about a cynical approach, that's it. Yeah, really, really. I think Jackalope makes extremely good use of this theater space that they've carved out of the corner of the Broadway Armory, although, as you say, it's not necessarily the most comfortable space. I would be inclined to wait for the next Jackalope production because they're clearly capable, ambitious, and thoughtful. This, I think, is not the piece either for them or for us. And I came to the same conclusion, Kelly. This is an ambitious piece for a smaller off-loop theater company. It gives signs of what they may do next. The Killing of Michael X 
presented by Jackalope Theatre Company, runs through April 13th at the Broadway Armory at 5917 North Broadway. Kelly, do you have a pick this week? I do not have a pick, but I will defer to you because I gather that you do. I do. I wanted to mention A Crime in the Neighborhood, running through April 13th at the City Lit Theatre Company at the Edgewater Presbyterian Church on Bryn Mawr near Lakeshore Drive. This is an adaptation of a novel by Suzanne Byrne, and it's set in Washington, D.C., a suburb of Washington, D.C., in 1972, just as Vietnam is happening and Watergate is beginning to make the headlines. We focus on a nice, clean, quiet suburban town where a 12-year-old boy is raped and murdered. The play is seen through the eyes of a 12-year-old girl who was an acquaintance of the dead boy, And the father of the family has just months earlier abandoned wife and daughter. In the girl's mind, this conflates to the whole world dissolving before her. Her father was the glue that held it together. And now there is a murder. There is terror in the town. It is not a glamorous story, nor a glamorous production, as directed by Terry McCabe. But it's an intriguing story. I think there is some real value to it. The point of view is this little girl 30 years later when she can look back and understand she's a very observant girl but she doesn't at 12 have the context to understand everything and looking back she does a crime in the neighborhood an effective piece and really quite beautifully acted at city lit theater in edgewater through april 13th the dueling critics podcast is a production of miracle podcasts remember if it's a good podcast It's a miracle. You can subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or go to DuelingCritics.net and click subscribe by email to have us delivered to your mailbox hot and fresh every Friday morning. You can also listen to our back catalog in SoundCloud, follow us on Twitter at Dueling Critters, and like us on Facebook. I'm Kelly Kleiman. And you can read Kelly's work at HuffingtonPost.com and at chicagonow.com slash the nonprofiteer. I'm Jonathan Abarbanel. And you can read Jonathan at WindyCityTimes.com, theatermania.com, and footlights.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.